This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Chances are, whether yours is a for-profit company or a non-profit organization, you could be overlooking a lot of existing talent in your group. They are the introverts among us, and they're rising, says Jennifer Conweiler. Her doctorate from Florida State University, Ms. Conweiler has been studying introverts for the past decade. She joins us as our guest on this podcast. Well, let's get underway by telling the folks who are watching and listening a little bit about yourself and your company. Sure, Doug. I am a what I call an introvert champion. I have a long history of working as a consultant, leadership development person within large companies and small. And uh, I became interested in this topic of introverted leadership about 12 years ago, wrote my first book, and now I've written uh, four on the topic of really recognizing people that are introverted in our midst. And that's become my passion over over the last decade. But before that, I had a come from a counseling, psychology sort of background. So I've always been kind of a helper and realized that there were a lot of people who were being passed over and overlooked. People uh, who do not raise their hands, so to speak. Exactly. And and literally, too. (laughs) So so how how does a a manager, and we have a lot of them in our audience, recognize the introverts other than "Eh, those people are just kind of quiet? Well, that is one clue. Uh, and I, you know, I always recommend that if you have, if you're going to focus on this and you should as a leader, first of all, starting with yourself and understanding your own personal preferences and style, uh, because if we are, let's say we're an extrovert and, and let me just back up to say an extrovert, somebody who really gets stimulated by talking, by being out in the world, by people outside themselves. Um, not that introverts don't, but introverts need and thrive on quiet time. So if you what you can do as a, as a manager and leader is first, as I say, know yourself. The second thing you do is try to get to know your team, both as a team, but also particularly individuals. And you you brought up observing. That's uh, you know, you notice that's the being aware is the first step. Is that person participating? And, you know, are they quiet? Are they are they seeming to write emails that are well thought out rather than just What's off the top of their head? Do they tend to have a calm disposition? Uh, that sort of thing. So there is clues, and you know I have that all in my in my books descriptions. Uh, and so you can get to and again starting with yourself and knowing what your own personality characteristics are, because we can be biased too, right? We think that people should be like us. And, and uh, so often when you come into a, a new management situation, you inherit everybody, and so they aren't always going to be like you. That's right. And that's why it's even more important. And particularly now, uh, Doug, it's really important to spend that extra time to get to know our people, not just in terms of the skills that they bring to the table and their experience, but just as important, I would maintain, is, you know, how do they communicate best? How do they think best? Uh, Because you'll get so much more out of your team if you play to their preferences. And we know if you've ever led people, no two people are the same. So if we take the time to do that, many managers say, well, I don't have time to coach. I'm not a coach, you know, but you can't really, I maintain you can't afford not to do that because you'll pay for it. Everybody has to be a coach at some time, I guess. But let me ask you this about introverts. Don't they have really, really tender feelings and you're so 
so you have to walk around on tiptoes like you're walking on eggshells uh, lest you crack their feelings and they heaven's sakes run off crying or just say I quit and I'm out of here or they wouldn't say it quite that loud would they well, I guess you get it. You're asking me to uh, to challenge you on what was really a bias. <laughs> I would say that's true about extroverts too. I don't think that's an introvert uh, actually tendency. There is something called hypersensitivity disorder, or it's been looked at uh, that you know some people say is related to being introverted, but um, no, not at all. I, I tell you where the problem comes in in what you're describing. It's uh, it's the projections we make onto people when we're not hearing from them. You know, it's sort of like a blank canvas and we project anything on it. Well, let me paint this on it. Well, that person's angry or they're a loner or they're stuck up. I mean, introverts will tell you in the research I've done over this and in, in my many client conversations, um, that's one of the most frustrating things that introverts experience is that misperception. And uh, they have to break through that a lot. And again, that starts with uh, really looking at our own biases and saying, well, you know, what do we expect? And, and that's where my work in the recent book that I wrote called Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces comes in because I looked, you know, at our organizations, our workplaces, large and small, and just inherently we live in a, in, in, particularly in the United States, a type A kind of Western, you know, kind of philosophy where, you know, you get ahead and the person who's aggressive and talkative, they're the person that tends to be valued more. So I wanted to look at what's happening in, in companies where we are seeing some changes there, that people are recognizing that, you know, between 40 and 60 percent, perhaps in some of the technical areas, even more than that, right, of people are introverted. And if they're not being uh, being given an environment where they can thrive, then uh, they will quietly disengage. And we can't afford that, you know, from a business bottom line standpoint, from just the right thing to do from an inclusivity standpoint. Uh, there's there's a lot to be uh, learned from that from that understanding. What what is the difference between uh, uh, being an introvert and being shy? Great question. Uh, the introvert tends is is really how you're wired. Being an introvert, uh, it's it's around as I mentioned, be t needing time. Like really, if you ask people the to distinguish between, the, ask them this question. It's oftentimes a deal breaker. Must you have time to? decompress to recharge after you've been with people uh introverts will tell you absolutely yes extroverts will say well that's kind of nice to have but then i like to go out there again you know uh but in terms of your question around shyness that tends to be associated uh more with sh with psychological social anxiety that really does create a problem it has nothing to do really with your, the way you're wired in fact I i've spoken with a lot of extroverts who are actually shy and people are confused about that. Now, many introverts do, when they're children, do get labeled as shy. You know, if they're, I was just in my granddaughter's um, class picking her up, uh, and I heard the teacher say to a parent and a young child who was in, in Ava's class, um, you know, he's, he's doing okay, he's, but he's not participating at all in the discussions. And, you know, that's going to be a problem from here, for him in life. Now, so it, it, and he's very shy. That's the term she used. And I could see the father look down and I could tell the boy was overhearing it, which probably was very inappropriate, right? Because those messages stick. And so then the father feels pressure, the little boy feels pressure, and those labels can be really hard to step out of. So we need to be 
uh, careful with our kids in how we label them. And also, the more we understand about this, and that's the hope I have now, and I see it happening, um, the more we understand, we can observe, let's say, that little child when they go off to play by themselves and not say, oh, come on, join join the others. You need to come with the group. They may, they may absolutely need that time. So respecting that will help them grow into themselves. So what happens if you grow up as an introverted person and yeah. you're trying to have a good, successful career? Should you try to learn to become an extrovert or what? A lot of people uh, wonder about that. And I would say yes and no, not, not to become an extrovert, but behavior wise, there are things that work. So I often ask my, my clients and my audiences, you know, they'll say, well, should I become an extrovert? I say, well, what's working for you and what isn't working for you right now? So one of the things where introverts have a challenge sometimes is doing the schmoozing, you know, the, the being visible, telling people what they're up to and that kind of thing. Well, in an organization, the reality is you got to find some way to do that or you're working hard and you're not working smart. You're not getting seen people and the organization is not finding out about your gifts. Right. So let that networking example is is one that, you know, I like to bring up. Um, so I think uh, so you find out, well, what's a way that I could network and could be visible? Well, maybe I could reach out one on one, which, by the way, introverts really do thrive with one on one conversation and, and connect with somebody that I, I respect and that I would like to kind of learn more about them and share what I'm doing. And slowly but surely you build your own strategy for networking using your own strengths. And that's really the, the key point, Doug, is you don't want to change into an extrovert, but there are behaviors that extroverts demonstrate that are effective. Um, and in fact, many successful introverted leaders will tell you with a smile on their face, oh, everybody thinks I'm an, I'm an uh, extrovert, but I'm, I'm way off the charts introvert because they have learned uh, to use those behaviors when necessary. They can do public speaking, you know, they can, they can do the networking. Uh, there's a lot of things that extroverts do that are effective. On the other hand, we don't want to encourage introverts to change their personality. There's, uh, we need extroverts, by the way, need to tap into that side of themselves. And we're seeing a lot of that now, right, with the pandemic. You know, I'm having some of my extroverted colleagues and friends say, you know, actually, you know, I realize I've been addicted to busyness and I kind of like spending time slowing down. Right. Have you heard that as well? Well, I think a lot of people do do appreciate that. The chance to literally uh, smell some roses occasionally. Very what what other you, you you brought back a memory of, of mine back back from uh, my television days. Yes. I, I, I knew a, a TV weatherman who was the most exuberant TV weatherman ever created ever in the industry. <laughs> but as soon as the lights on the camera went off, he was the quietest person you'd ever want to find. Very odd. As soon as the lights came on, boom, it was like setting off an explosion. Have you run into those? Doug, that's not odd, actually. If you talk to most performers, and I will, I'll go out on a limb and say most performers, comedians, right, uh, singers, all kinds of people that are on stage, they are very introverted. And why is that? They get in, What they tell me is they get into a role, and when they know the role they're playing, they can step into that and really inhabit that role. So that weather person, that was the role that he played, but I'll bet you he needed that time, that downtime we talked about afterwards, right, to decompress. So if you think about it, that's really the, the situation. 
Yeah, they are sometimes very interesting uh, people to uh, manage. <laughs> That's oh, a, interesting, really. Yes. To learn, learn more about that offline with you. That's well, yes. Well, well, that's a story for another day, as they say. Okay, career choice. <laughs> Tell our listeners a little bit more about your book. What What will they get out of it if they were to buy it and sit down and actually read read it carefully? Yeah, that's the thing now, reading books, right? Not skimming them. So uh, this book is called Creating Introvert-Friendly Workplaces, and it's called, the subtitle is How to Unleash Everyone's Talent and Performance. And that's exactly what you'll get out of it. Uh, what, what I believe is that, and I write about this in the book, that everybody can be a change agent. So when we see that spaces are not inclusive for introverts or in the hiring processes, I outline seven processes in a company, including hiring, including workplace design, including remote work, the seven key areas that are essential to our work. Um, if we notice that those things are all not inclusive, that maybe introverts are being left out, or we have to maybe ask that question first, right? We have ways in which we have best practices in this book. I went around and I around the country and I explored where are there pockets of inclusion? You know, where are people doing things in meetings, kind of creative ways of engaging everybody in the meeting? Or as I mentioned, the hiring, you know, maybe not exhausting everybody and looking at the, the uh, recruiting process and saying, when we get somebody for an interview, just because they're not boisterous and enthusiastic, are we knocking them out when they could actually be our next CEO? You know, so these some companies are intentionally working on this. Uh, and I found really, I was very encouraged. We're still at the beginning of this, what I call introvert revolution. Now, how has the COVID-19 pandemic uh, affected this whole overall introvert-extrovert issue? Well, for introverts, I think there's pros and cons just for extroverts, too. For, for introverts, they, of course, have found it very much easier to focus and not be interrupted. So that makes sense, right? Uh, on the downside, it does create isolation, and I would say this is true for extroverts, too. Um, and we're not also we're not getting the socialization that we had that was sort of just extemporaneous, stopping by the cube, seeing somebody at the in the coffee break area. So we're not building relationships that way. We're also missing out on potential context to our jobs, not understanding what you do uh, in your area. Uh, Maybe a deficit to me as I'm trying to just focus in and hunker down at home and work on my own stuff for extroverts. Um, I think, as I mentioned, they're kind of realizing they can get more done <laughs> without jumping around everywhere. But they are—they crave people interaction. They get energized by people interaction. So it's been a real challenge for them. Uh, you know, the happy hours are okay. People are getting kind of tired of those after five months. You know, um, and they're—they're they're appreciating the the connection with people. So I think it's challenging for both. And I'm hopeful that. What we've learned from this as we re-enter is that some of the practices do work. Like remote work has been very surprising to particularly senior level uh, CEOs, all kinds of people who never would give it a chance. And now they see that that it's uh, it's working for them. They're, uh, they're looking. Yeah, they're a little, a little hard to count noses in the morning uh, if the noses are scattered hither and yon. You're saying, oh, they can't count noses? Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wrote about successful, when I looked at successful companies even before COVID, uh, they have ways to uh, have accountability. And it means you do have to check in with people more, just uh, not just from a punitive state, but right, you don't see them in the office. But that's been changing, I think, Doug, for a while, particularly with the millennials and Generation Z. They really don't put up with that. 
Like as long as I can get my work done, I can do it at the co coffee shop, right? <laughs> you you have been very generous with your thoughts. Uh, what would you like to add that I haven't been uh, bright enough to ask you? Well, you're very bright. Are you kidding? You've your questions are are very inquisitive. I I just like people to take a look at their own understanding of this uh, of this topic. That's where to start, and to challenge some of your assumptions. Learn more about educate yourself more about introverts and extroverts. And what it'll do is it'll help you in your work relationships, in your leadership, but and also maybe I don't want to say more importantly, but very importantly at home. Oh, and one last question, and that is where can our audience get more information? Website, perhaps? Yes, best best place would be my website, Jennifer Conweiler. Jennifer is J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, Conweiler, K-A-H-N-W-E-I-L-E-R.com. And I'd encourage people to go there. We have a, uh, we have a quiz uh, that will help you determine how introvert-friendly your company and your team is. It only takes a few minutes and you get the results immediately. Uh, so I'd encourage people to go there and take the quiz. You've been listening to the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. That's B-I-Z-G-N-U-S dot com. Thanks for listening.